Questions about how white people voted in the last presidential election kicked off barely 24 hours after Election Day 2016. And Democrats bore the brunt of it. Is there a chronic problem uh, for the Democrats with white working class voters? Has, has The answer seemed to be yes. And at the time, there was a lot of media attention paid to the so-called white working class. Has the relationship between the party and that very, very large block in the population, has it been broken? I was in an NPR studio that day after the election, watching host Robert Siegel get into it with Michigan Democrat Debbie Dingell. I don't know that it's broken, but we as Democrats have to take a very strong look at what happened. What happened was Donald Trump won Michigan. Let's take a look at the electoral college map. In Wisconsin. Uh, With that win in Wisconsin, look at how close he is. Right now he has 257 electoral votes. And Pennsylvania. It's the first time Pennsylvania has gone red since 1988. This was the so-called blue wall of states where white voters had helped Democrats win for decades. And the wall comes tumbling down. This is the blue wall that uh, Hillary Clinton had talked about. This is now the blue wall is shored up by white voters without college degrees. And yes, a lot has been said about how Trump won the majority of them. But consider this full show that this year for a Democratic presidential candidate, Joe Biden is showing historically high support with white voters, running nearly 50-50 with the president. And that's a problem for Trump's re-election strategy. From NPR, I'm Audie Cornish. It's Thursday, October 22nd. Support for NPR and the following message come from America Media, producer of the new podcast Voting Catholic, about what's at stake in the 2020 election from real people who struggle with the issues and bring their faith to the voting booth. Subscribe and listen to Voting Catholic wherever you get your podcasts. This message comes from NPR sponsor, ADP, with more than 70 years of experience helping businesses run smoothly. HR, talent, time, benefits, and payroll. Informed by data and designed for people. Learn more at ADP.com. On the next episode of Louder Than a Riot, the 20-year fight to clear the name of former No Limit rapper, Mac Phipps. Because me and my brother was close. The years that he lost... That's some of the best years of his life. He done lost. For me, it, it just hurts. Listen now to Louder Than a Riot, a new podcast from NPR Music. It's Consider This from NPR. Overall, in 2016, Donald Trump won white voters by 20 points. But this year, public opinion polls show Joe Biden outperforming Hillary Clinton with white voters in general. Good afternoon, Winnebago Democratic. How may I help you? Winnebago County, Wisconsin, went for Barack Obama twice, in 2008 and again in 2012, but then flipped to Trump in 2016. Six months ago, I was scared because I was here during the 2016 election and we were so confident, but we never seen stuff like this. This is unbelievable. Pan Henkel is a volunteer coordinator for Democrats in Winnebago County. That's southwest of Green Bay. In 2016, the party wasn't even sure it could keep paying rent on its headquarters. Now, with all the donations flowing in, Henkel says they have enough in the bank to pay rent in advance for the whole year. I'm now, I've got so many volunteers, I'm not even knowing where to put them. I did have another gentleman this morning come in and say he wouldn't vote Republican again, and he was voting Democrat and took Biden signs. I mean, they're coming in. One thing Henkel says is accelerating the shift the coronavirus outbreak in Wisconsin. 
My plan will crush the virus and will make Wisconsin greater than ever before. That's what's going to happen. In a visit to Janesville, Wisconsin this past week, the president told a crowd of supporters not to worry. You know, we, you have a spike, you have a surge, but uh, if you remember, two months ago, Florida had a big surge. But hospitalizations in Wisconsin have more than tripled in the past month. A couple hours south of Winnebago County, a field hospital just opened up on the grounds of the Wisconsin State Fair. One guy said he's been voting Republican for over 40 years, but he doesn't think he could go back to being a Republican because of the way they're thinking and the way they're supporting Trump. Pam Henkel spoke to NPR's Sam Greenglass. He's been talking to white voters in battleground states who aren't voting for Trump this year. Hey there, Sam. Hey, Audie. All right, we just heard from Wisconsin. What's next? Okay, so let's hop across Lake Michigan to suburban Detroit. Nancy Stroll had voted Republican for a long time, until Donald Trump. I could not bring myself to vote for Trump. I just, I just couldn't. And when she knocked on doors for the Democratic congressional candidate in 2018, she says it was a lot of women who quietly told her they'd vote for the Democrat. Stroll is 78. And she says a lot of seniors, too, don't want to vote for Trump. I'm looking in the rearview mirror of my life, but that's not the case for my son and his wife and for my nearly two-and-a-half-year-old grandson and my nine-week-old granddaughter. Seniors can't hug their grandkids right now because of the pandemic, and she says a lot of them see Trump as being somewhat responsible for that. But Republicans like Stroll couldn't bring themselves to vote for Trump in 2016. Um, what are you hearing from voters who, who did? Well, first of all, I've talked to a lot of people who voted for Trump in 2016 and are planning to do it again. But then there's also people like Jim Diaz. I'm 25 years old and I'm from Charleroi, Pennsylvania, which is in the Mon Valley. Um, he works in glass installation. He's a union member, comes from this long line of organized labor and Democrats, and he lives in western Pennsylvania, a part of the state that fell on hard times when a lot of steel jobs disappeared. Diaz liked Obama, still does, absolutely would have voted for him if he was old enough at the time. But when he turned 18, he voted for Trump. Listening to Donald Trump saying, like, we're, we're going to bring these jobs back to America, I bought into it. Like, I really bought into it. Because I thought, like, man, like, you know, my family has seen some good times in America. And that was all thanks to the, to the steel mill. But when that dried up, well, you got to find other work. But since then, Diaz's political outlook has really shifted. Uh, a lot of it has been from joining the union, growing up, following politics more. But he also says Trump didn't fulfill the promises he made. And he said it felt like Trump was prioritizing the economy over safety during the pandemic. This is the United States of America. We can rebound. However, like, we can't just, like, reproduce people, like, like our family members. Like, I, I, I can't get another mom. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can't, like, replace these people. Like, I just question, like, whether he cared about us. It's interesting, Sam. Joe Biden has spent a lot of time in Pennsylvania the past few months, but specifically in these white counties that President Trump had won by large margins. And obviously, and Biden has said this, that, you know, if his campaign can cut into those margins even a little bit, it would it would make a difference. Exactly. But we're also talking about places Hillary Clinton won in 2016 that Biden wants to do even better in. 
uh, across the state, right outside Philadelphia. I talked to Jane Skilavati. She's a special education teacher. And back in 2016, she basically saw the election as trying to pick between the lesser of two evils. In the end, on a last minute decision, I pulled the lever for Trump. (laughs) She kind of regretted it right away. But her doubts accelerated as the pandemic raged on. The more and more I watched him speak and blame other people, the more I realized that I'm not quite sure we're looking at a full deck here. (laughs) Skilavati is going to vote for Biden this year. She even cut an ad with the teachers union about why she's supporting him. Can't change what you did, right? You can just move forward and try and do what you can to sway people the other way. (laughs) Does this seem like a permanent political realignment or just a reflection of this political moment that we're in right now? I mean, are these voters more or less becoming Democrats or is this just a referendum on the president? Yeah, so I actually asked everyone I talked to this question and I heard a lot of different answers. So I want to introduce you to two lifelong Republicans in Michigan, Mitch Monin. I pulled lever for Ronald Reagan. And Jeanette Phillips. In my 20s, I joined the Republican Party as a lifetime member. It was very expensive to do, but I felt committed. And since 2016, both have become more and more dissatisfied with Trump. Manin is a business owner, former army ranger. He voted for the libertarian in 2016. He has a son who's disabled and Trump's behavior has really gotten to him. Uh, Remember that moment on the campaign where Trump mocked a disabled reporter. So in this case, uh, I'm, I'm going to be voting for Vice President Biden. Not because I agree with his policies. Uh, I vehemently disagree with quite a few of them. But I I truly believe that at his core, that he is a fundamentally decent human being. Both Manin and Phillips didn't like Trump's rhetoric when it came to the protests over racial injustice. She's voting for Biden for other reasons, too. The Republicans have blown the deficit up. They don't care about the livelihoods of people who've lost their jobs. I lost my job three weeks ago myself. You know, they're clueless, I think, to what's going on. Would you call yourself a Democrat now? Or is it you are fighting back against Donald Trump until he is out of office? I don't think I can vote for Republican for the next 10 years. There has to be payback for what has just happened these last four years. Not only that, but this lifelong Republican is now donating to the local Democratic Party and is signed up to be a Democratic precinct delegate with her daughter. Manin is now proudly displaying a Biden sign in his yard. It's a big deal for him. But he doesn't see this as some kind of long-term shift. If the Republican Party can step back and take a hard look in the mirror, should Trump lose, he says. I do believe that this is a, a vote of this moment. It is singular in nature. And Audie, here's a part of the conversation that really stuck with me. Everyone I talked to viewed this political moment as historic and recognized the weight of their votes. But Manin actually asked for a copy of the full interview we did so he could send it to his daughter as a kind of historical record of this time. 40 years from now, people are going to ask, what, what were you doing? I truly think this is a watershed moment for us as a country, as a democracy. And uh, the ability to be able to have her share that and and have her children listen to that, I think, would be a a pretty cool thing. Sam Greenglass, thanks for your reporting. Thanks, Adi. 
political operatives like to say that for Democrats to win national elections, they need to win something like 40 percent of white voters. This year, Joe Biden is polling around 50 percent with them. NPR political editor Domenico Montanaro told me that there are a couple issues that are driving them away. When you look at, for example, seniors, you know, white seniors in particular, you're seeing them also shift toward Biden. And some of that is because of coronavirus. But a big piece of this is just decorum. Some people gave President Trump a chance. Uh, Whites in the suburbs who may have wanted to send a message to Washington, you know, just feel like he his competence level is not what they expected, not what they wanted. And they've uh, gone the other way back to what they see as a, a quote unquote normal. You've been covering politics for a long time. And just stepping back for a moment, is there something to be said for how we're talking about white voters now? I mean, I remember after 2016, all the reporters, all the newspapers were sort of sending their correspondents to rural parts of the country to figure out white voters. And J.D. Vance's Hillbilly Elegy, you know, becomes a bestseller. And it just seemed like maybe the political class was looking at white voters differently. Well, look, you know, that's not a monolith. I mean, and, you know, when you talk about rural white voters, there certainly was huge strength for President Trump in the margins that he was able to turn out with them, uh, a historic margin with uh, rural white voters, white voters without college degrees. Uh, What the Trump campaign feels is that they can turn out even more of them at a higher rate than uh, they did in 2016. But you're also seeing this backlash on another side where white voters who live in suburbs and who live in cities who have a different way of life, who don't see the country culturally the way President Trump does, especially on race, uh, who are going in a different direction. The conventional wisdom among Democrats has been that the future of the party is with young non-white voters, um, and that's where they should be focused. If Joe Biden wins by basically going the other way, appealing to older white voters, does it change the focus of the party in the future? I think in the short term, yes, but not in the long term. I mean, clearly there's a difference in how diverse both parties are. I mean, Republicans, it's a largely white party, almost overwhelmingly white. Uh, The Democratic Party has a much more diverse makeup. Certainly younger voters are even more diverse and have much more strongly progressive views in the uh, base of the Democratic Party who are going to be more dominant in the next 20, 30 years when we're going to see as demography continues to change in this country, uh, it's already on that pace where you're going to see about 50-50 white to non-white by 2040, 2050. And that, you know, look, that's a long-term thing. But right now, uh, 70% of the electorate still continues to be white. That's why President Trump was able to squeeze out that election. And some people wonder, was that one last ability to squeeze out that election? Or are we going to see a fundamental change and crack up in the makeup of the parties, which is also totally possible. NPR political editor Domenico Montanaro. It's Consider This from NPR. I'm Audie Cornish.